Hello and welcome back to Podcasting as Praxis. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. And I'm Rob, and by now also he and him. Uh, it's just the three of us. Um, it probably shouldn't be. I should probably go back to my bed, but I'm not allowed to. So you must you must remain with us in the in, in the land of podcasters. Uh, got to yep. got to get your money's worth out of that fucking subscription you've got for the terrible recording program that doesn't work. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. It's um we we don't actually do any more than statutory sick pay in this podcast because we don't believe in labour laws. So um, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's, that's why I'm back. I, I'm back here so I don't starve. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, our pod is actually like a secret gateway libertarian podcast. You know. We, we, <laughs> We talk about all the crypto bullshit just to make it seem cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that fucking dork on Twitter today, like, talking about how 50% of the people will be foreign and then we're an airport, just really run us, yeah. run us round with his fucking numbers. <laughs> yeah. And now, now we're all conservatarians. Yeah. <laughs> Mark's really loved numbers and numbers don't lie, ergo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, I wish my brain was that well polished. I'm gonna. <laughs> Man goes for a fucking cat scan in the shino bolo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I sort of breezed through all the chapters on like linen coats and shit, but you know, when Mark started started talking about like population control and how it's important to conserve the white race, I considerably perked up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I heard what Marx has to say about Airstrip 1. Read this book, 1984, <laughs> by Karl Marx. Yeah. <laughs> Did he, like, you know what I mean? But that, That's the conserver part of the guy's, like, fucking political ideology. Did Marx say anything about fucking age of consent for the Tarian half? <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, um, I've been off. I've, I've had a lovely time being off because I haven't had to think about anything bad. Um, I assume everything's normal and good yeah everything's normal and great i mean we did some other stuff two weeks ago we did the we did the stupid stupid book which was which was a lot of fun well that was three weeks ago now and then we had some time off and in the meantime i don't know i i i've sort of resisted talking about like the the about israel and and like the horrors ongoing currently in gaza um because like i didn't feel certainly at first that like our dumb amateur podcast had like much to add to the like but talking about the no. conflict itself because there's like a million billion voices already out there, most of them idiotic, some of them very good, but like you didn't really need like another one. And I thought we would just like add more nonsense to the word space. But now, of course, uh, you know the the ghastly slaughter of out of the totally indefensible um, has washed up on these shores and turned into a UK media story. And I w- wish to, you know, either vomit or you know really get going on uh, on a nice wall and offering people a last fucking cigarette. Yeah, F- foreign events aren't necessarily our bread and butter, but the uh, disgusting fucking mess of the British press, however, is. So now now we can talk about things that we're roughly equipped to. Oh, this has just all been fucking nightmarish. There's nothing worse than watching the fucking shit-eating pantomime grim of, of the British media at a time when shit like this is going on. And having this all become a thing about them and how yes. they wield like some small machinations of power in a dying country destined to be nothing more than a footnote in the fucking grand scale of history. It's just fucking miserable. 
It's 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 completely disgusting, and it's you know not a rare time because the times are increasingly common. But what are those ones where you can so visibly see where the fucking where the press specifically are the ones who draw the lines of acceptable conduct? Like what are, what your what the limits of acceptable discourse are, and you know those limits are between the bombs are good to the bombs are very very good, and there should be more of them. But you know that's mm. kind of where where we're stuck at the moment. Um, so basically, you're allowed, just... you're allowed to caution Israel, though. That's true. Seem... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can be on notice. Yeah, they can't <laughs> notice the war crimes, but they can be put on notice. Yeah, it's it's, it's a Labour, Labour's official position seems to be like of the world's least powerful hall monitor, just like giving you a slip of paper saying "tut tut." <laughs> yeah, so it's actually like. Uh, a lot of this is kind of unstructured because I didn't know where to fucking put it. So a lot of it is basically just like a long list of the different bullshit that's happened over the past two or three weeks in like some vague order and thematics. But basically, it's just to help me preserve my memory and do this podcast and like also remember my absolute nuclear fury and spitting rage as like these events and like all the takes come like at us at like a million fucking miles an hour. And like, I've, I know I must have already left out a bunch of shit and forgotten a whole bunch more because that's, you know, the way of the modern media and being on the social medias as they are. Um, but, you know, these are some of the, well, highlights may be a strong word. Some of the things that I think I wish I had more memory of and that I wanted to sort of, you know, if there is such a thing as like a shithouse museum, consider this that, if you if you will, if you must. So, like, you know, okay. again, not... Just another just, episode just, of Praxis Cast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the first, again, not, not the world's most original observation, but, like, I, I really feel like we've never left, like, the post-9-11 pre-Iraq war era. Like, we, I just feel like we're very much back there in terms of, like, the the discourse, the, like I said, the limits on the discourse, the the, the insane jingoism at the moment. And, like, I don't know, maybe some of our well, listeners Well, yeah, because 9-11 showed that it was acceptable to be a foaming fucking, like, like, maniac on the news and just call for the extinction of an entire religion and all of its, like, and everyone who looks a bit funny to you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just... And and then you, you know that was that was obviously like a watershed moment. That's what they call it, isn't it? And then another watershed moment was 2019 when you could you, it turned out you were allowed to go on like the telly and claim that like the leader of the opposition was planning to turn his allotment into a fucking death camp. Yes. And nothing happens. So like, do you know what I mean? Now we're at like the now we get the the fun sort of like third wave of insane fucking like rhetoric. Yeah, consequences aren't real. Yeah, you're allowed to do pretty much whatever you fucking want. And the, I mean, the first thing, sort of, it, to, to be a bit more specific in terms of, because that, that was a big thing, I don't know, like 10 days ago now, maybe my memory is growing a little bit fuzzy on this one, but like the absolute like 12 hour or 24 hour furore as to whether or not um, Wembley Stadium put the colors of the Israeli flag around it or something, and why that hadn't happened, and why didn't happen now, and why not, and, you know, everybody wanted answers and, like, camped outside, you know, parked their cameras outside the fucking stadium and said, look, still no lights on. It was just, like, the inanity of Britain never really ceases to fucking that, amaze. It's like... The- that honestly passed me by. Um, so now I'm mad at you for drawing my attention to it. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin on that one. It's just like that's that's what we were focused on. While you know, 
the slaughter of thousands and tens of thousands was either happening or about to happen you know all, all that we could do because we're such a you know the uk is such a vital and critical nation to the world was just like crack our own backs to stare at our navel and say colors please now it was it just an I'm atrocious personally personally i'm just very glad i'm not on facebook anymore because <laughs> like I'd, I'd be at war with literally every cunt like <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, as you said, JB, like, we're just back into, like, the incredibly, like, crude caricatures of, like, uh, the clash of civilizations, you know, the the noble Israeli versus the savage Palestinian, and no, we will not make any distinctions within those categories, it's just, you know, them's the break. Also, one is white, and, and that's probably not important. It's worth, um, it's worth mentioning as well, like, just because we're saying specifically, like, post-9-11, like, remember post-9-11, immediately post-9-11, question time? You have to refresh my memory as to the specific. Yeah. So there was there was an episode of Question Time. You're going to describe something completely fucking like disgraceful, and I'm just going to go, "Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that." And, no, even I'm not. There was a Question Time immediately after nine eleven, where the the lines being pushed very much where, so we should do a forever war, right? We should we should just fucking glass the Middle East was effectively the kind of tone of the, um, you, you know the 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 narrative that was attempting to be spun and the audience for the most part just very vocally was not fucking having it. Yeah. Like, they were actually really fucking good and just kept, like the American ambassador or some shit was there on the show and kept getting fucking pushback anytime he wasn't doing the really, really like reasonable sounding lines. Yeah. Um, like, it, it was, fuck it, it was actually like a surprising thing to behold because when you think back to immediately after 9-11, all you do think is the sheer fucking insanity of it all. And this kind of feels like that, having yeah. that um, having that in mind, this this time at the moment, feels a bit like that because so that of all the stuff that we've seen. Presumably before that fucking cunt uh, was booking guests on Question Time. Oh, almost one. certainly. Oh, yeah, 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 presumably yeah. that's Rock why he was early. fucking no. brought in. But yeah, no, it's like all the stuff that we've seen around all the, the insane media fucking responses and shit and, and the way that they're fucking twisting it into a thing that's actually barely fucking relevant and is purely using the entire situation as like a cudgel to beat political parties with. Um like the the Elbit plant gets shut down again. Um it took like thirty odd cops six hours to arrest three people the other day because they were very clever about how they would not be successfully removed. So they managed to shut the plant down for a day. That's cool. Um yeah. there's been like big protests, um, sit-ins, all that kind of stuff to raise, like, you know, awareness of the fact that there's a fucking, like, genocide going on. Um, yeah. And, like, there's there's good activism happening around it as well. And it's just, it's important to remember that that stuff does happen around all these big events, even though eventually you just remember the worst fucking shit from them. What is it? Um, I mean, it, it, again, does, like, yeah. to sort of... To, to, to go back to like the first point what you you know about 911 like because it's all almost even now like it's kind of hard to I find it at least difficult to remember that like before we went into Iraq for the second time and you know d did a whole bunch of very cool and good things that I assume were all fine um you know like we had like a million plus people on the streets I think of London and like you know it, it's not like the yeah the the disconnect between like what what 
you know the population at large actually wants which is like everywhere in the western world because that's the only world we care for or, or you know look at is like mm-hmm. 60 70 80 90 percent like at minimum in favor of a ceasefire it's just like the top layer of you know so-called civilized cunts and commu- and like column havers who just are like no actually actually no if you want a ceasefire you are a secret hamas supporter and that you know surely that must then include like 70 percent of our own people i guess that's fine it's it's just the you know yeah the other thing as well is that the reason that we don't remember things like that episode of question time or a million people marching peacefully on the streets is precisely because it is peaceful stuff within the system like you remember the fucking student loan riots like and the occupations and shit because shit got damaged you remember the actual London riots because shit got damaged, but that kind of stuff just like, nah, it's not really, it's it's not really like a huge thing. And I mean, it remains to be seen whether or not it can spill over into that kind of stuff, um, and whether or not that well, have I any think actual you'll find impact or effect. But yeah. I was on I was on the Daily Mail earlier, uh, looking for comment or commentary, and I think you'll find society has broken down. Um, ah. Some people on TikTok have been releasing mice in the McDonald's restaurants. Oh, vile, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, a vile it's show like of three times. Palestine. Yeah, <laughs> what? Like what? Yeah. So because right, McDonald's said they were going to give like a hundred thousand meals out to IDF soldiers, um, or like McDonald's Israel specific. I think I need to be specific about that because like McDonald's fucking I can't yeah it's a it weird was. franchise it was one of, yeah one of the neighboring countries um were like yeah we we kind of run ourselves and we are absolutely not fucking oh, that down was that jordan. shit full solidarity with palestine jordan. jordan right yeah yeah but because because um the israeli mcdonald's decided they were going to give out free happy meals to idf soldiers for well-being <laughs> purposes or whatever but they um, actually, like, yeah, actually did they what? actually specify happy meals they didn't specify Happy Meals. No, oh. I'm just choosing to. I'm I'm choosing to believe. I'm I'm artistic licensing this, um. But some people have took it upon themselves to go to. I think it was was it Birmingham or Liverpool? It was Birmingham. It's a vile a vile cesspit of anti-British sentiment. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also it's also and where uh, I think the it's where the Celts live again, and you know how the Celts are with their traditional anti-Semitic brain pan. That made another fucking return, by the way. Oh god! It just goes to show how bad Jess Phillips has at her job keeping the locals in line. Yeah. Weirdly enough, she's like actually come out in, like publicly in favor of a ceasefire, which I did not see fucking coming. Well, I hope she's been suspended from the fucking Labour Party for that. That would be that would be good. That would be funny. Um, but yeah, no. Um, people have released them um, like just tubs of fucking mice that they dyed in the colours of the Palestinian flag, and uh, at McDonald's they just went in, put some buckets down. <laughs> And just tipped them over, and the mice just ran everywhere. So they had to shut the McDonald's down. And it's happened like three times now. And the police are too woke to do anything about it. <laughs> Close the dailymail.com, please. <laughs> One of the other things that that's been immediately brought back, and like you referred to already, is that any and all criticism of the war or israel's conduct or you know the general goings on is not just like you're a bad person it immediately turns you into like a vicious anti-semite yeah as when you know labor suspended suspended andy mcdonald's for you know he didn't actually say from the river to the sea 
I mean, he said it if you look at it without any of the context around it and just chop some words out. Like, then, yes, he did, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Those words um, were uttered on that day by Andy McDonald, it's true. Yeah, so then immediately afterwards, it was um, an anonymous Labour spokesman, because, of, of course, that, that's how that goes, um, then said, and this is, I think, like, this is the very fine line you have to thread, like, to make it not actionable, but, like, to just smear away, basically. The comments made by Annie McDonald's at the weekend rally were deeply offensive, particularly at a time of rising anti-Semitism, which has left Jewish people fearful for their safety. So, you know... Just call him an anti-Semite uh-huh. without doing it. Yeah. Without getting some fucking lawyers on you. Oh, it's like 2015 to 2019 all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, or like, um, again, back to 2003, 2004, like when you just rebranded things like Freedom Fries and like you had to like snap your Dixie Chick CDs in half because they were not yeah. you know, sufficiently <laughs> bloodlusty. Fucking communists, a lot of them. Mm. Yeah, because apparently but now, the, the, if you this... say the phrase "from the river to the sea," you are actually like uh, uh, that's you're, you're terrorist coding yourself. Yeah, yeah, cool, great, we we love it, excellent. Like it's just I'm fucking... just you see what it is when we bring up nine eleven. There, I've just remembered a fucking guy I saw on the internet uh, back in like 2001. It was like literally the week after 9-11 and he was talking about how the only like fucking sensible response would be to nuke Pakistan. Oh yeah. No, that checks out. I... Yeah. Was this like, was that three posts after watch Bush start a fucking war? <laughs> <laughs> no, this was, this was on, uh, this was on a fucking coding forum. <laughs> particular, specifically, specifically for game development as well. So. Oh fuck it out! <laughs> oh man, I mean, there's nothing like it, you know. And and you know, of course, fucking multiple award winner Paul Mason can't stop being his own tactical self now because that's the other thing. It's like all the fucking armchair generals are out in force uh, as you as per usual. I can't remember the specific thing I saw from him the other day, but I do hope has it- <laughs> has he is he putting his big Wagnerite brain into action. Yeah, it's just it's just the usual piss. Like I can't even bother to go into it anymore. It's just it's just it's it's just pathetic now. You know, like it's just it's crossed that line, and she's just just being outright um, just pathetic. And is speaking, he, uh, of is pathetic, he still in a caravan in Wales somewhere? Or did no, because he, he got booed. Oh, off that that was like two constituencies ago. Like <laughs> yeah, no, no chances. He's well out of there, but yeah. Well, the good thing about a caravan though is. <laughs> Oh dear. But yeah, like, you know, in, and in terms of what, 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 what we were talking about before, about like, you know, the Overton window and what is acceptable discourse, you know, like, again, a couple of days ago, I think, or last week, maybe now, I, I get the, the whole thing is just kind of blurring at the moment. But like, the Telegraph literally like pu- publishing the names of people who signed like a student statement at Harvard University, which in their words endorsed blaming Israel for Hamas's murderous attack. And then just like, putting people's names in the fucking paper because they said, well, we don't like bombs and that's kind of bad. It's just... Oh, there's, fucking... a, there's, a, there's a guy who's got a fucking whole-ass van that he parks outside people's houses and says this person is an anti-Semite with a picture of them on it. I had not seen that one yet. The thing that the British media, of course, is the most important thing is, is the thing they actually care about is not, you know some kind of generalized exercise in in working out as to, you know, well, the IDF says this and Hamas says that and, you know, we stick our hand out the window and see if it's raining is, but of course, to to just turn literally 
everything but everything inwards and ask how does this turn into election and how does this play how does you know a hospital exploding play in the election and why yeah. well my my spoiler my spoiler alert for the next like next election as the the you know member of the pod certified to have like the vision is that some cunt's <laughs> gonna win it and nothing will change <laughs> But yeah, the, the takes have been fucking out of control. I think this is from Andrew Marfred. This is definitely from Andrew Mar, Andrew Mar, but I think it's from the day of recording um, about like some internal polling about like how, you know, a lot of people hate this fucking war. This data could be used. I think he's writing in the new statesman, I want to say. This data could be used to shift Muslim voters away from Labour and MPs are beginning to get spooked. There will be money, money Labour insiders believe. Oh, is this, Qatar, is this, is this the fear Russians or yeah, or it's other the Russian or Chinese troll farms may be recruited <laughs> online to spread dissension. Oh, he should just have another f to be honest and leave the rest of us alone. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, cunt. Andrew Mark, Thanks, Mike. Not, not the only ones fucking, fucking at it. Like, there was um, some, some, some fucking blue tick cunt who runs like a, you know, strategic up for think tank bullshit in in the US somewhere, who claimed that um, Iranian and Hamas secret agents are leading anti-war protests in Ireland, which... <laughs> oh. These motherfuckers, they read one Tom Clancy book, they play one game at Arma 3, and that's it. They're in a fucking think tank. Just immediately appear inside one. <laughs> fucking unreal, man. There, there was also the return of what I, if I genuinely remember being either being either the plot of a season of Twenty Four, but definitely of that second, like truly appalling Sicario movie that um, Hezbollah and Hamas are going to cross the southern border with Mexico and the U.S. again to sow yeah. their terrorisms. Yes. Oh, that's that's the stuff that because that that's where they're needed. That's where, <laughs> that's where yeah. Hezbollah and Hamas are needed. Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tijuana and wing of Hamas. Yeah, bring back the international <laughs> brigade. That's what I say. <laughs> I just really like the Jesus idea of, of like an Al Quds brigade just like lounging on the beach with like drinking tiny, with like big <laughs> non-alcoholic cocktails, with little umbrellas in it. Just kind of like, well, we got to go over the wall. It's like, nah, just stay another day. I like it here. <laughs> oh God. Oh man, uh, and also there was according to this was according to the Times, which was quoting a, you know, p which was saying police warn, which is always a great way of of you know disguising <laughs> your utter bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was saying that apparently, um, you know, all those pro like Palestine or pro ceasefire demonstrations we've been having. Well, apparently, um, uh, Iran is secretly in charge of those as well. Cool, good. So, you know. <laughs> Again, like I, I ask politely because the checks from Moscow have been bouncing hard because it's a pain in the ass to get them anymore. If yeah. you know, if if you're an Iranian secret agent, you want to get in touch. Please, you know, DMs are open. Yeah. <laughs> the Ayatollah's dollars spend as well as anyone else. <laughs> Should we add an Ayatollah tier to the Patreon? <laughs> Fucking hell, man. <laughs> <sighs>
But, of course, the other, you know, great one, and speaking of Hamas, you know, the British press, of course, couldn't do much better or, you know, had much else to do than chase down uh, the official spokesman for Hamas in Britain, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, who was once again chased, like, down the road and, like, and across, like, several meadows or something because he refused to, like... (laughs) use the words I condemn Hamas and you know would put them all on the naughty step or some fucking bullshit like he refused to put Hamas on notice so clearly yeah. you know this backbencher with no party behind him is once again the th- greatest threat we, we have it's always so funny when they ask him like a fucking pure gotcha question and he just refuses to fucking give them what they want but in did such he violently way, lunge but... at any journalists this time though <laughs> it's the way that he'll talk and give a really extensive and well thought out answer for at least 45 seconds, wasting their time. It's like picking up the phone to dickheads asking about fucking car insurance or whatever. Like, yeah. you're just saving somebody else. That's all you're doing with that. <laughs> the, the man is a fucking sponge for abuse that could be directed elsewhere. Well, I mean, actually, he might not be a sponge for abuse. Uh, that was, uh, I think, today's New Statesman article. I didn't read it, because obviously. Uh, but asking the important question, <laughs> is Corbyn Labour's trust? What? Uh, you know you know how, how Liz Truss is bad, and, you know, she's still in the sort of in the party, but doesn't really have a base of support, which is, you know, categorically untrue. But, you know, is, is, is Jeremy Corbyn the same as Liz Truss? You know, doesn't are these people the, new the same statesman- thing? Doesn't the New Statesman have some roasters that fucking love Liz Truss? Uh, yeah, they do. Or did, I guess, I mean, maybe. I fucking hate journalists so much. Like, is Jeremy yeah. Corbyn the new Liz Truss? Are sponges the new fucking wallpaper? I don't fucking know. Ask a scientist. <laughs> get Brian Cox on the phone. Get his no, fucking don't, 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 take on the Do matter. not, in fact, get Brian Cox on the phone for his opinions of Jeremy Corbyn. Do not do this. <laughs> Yeah, Brian Cox, do not come on the podcast. Go the fuck away. <laughs> we are not inviting you across the go across the threshold. I don't fucking care. Um, yeah, fuck off, Moon Boy. <laughs> the fucking asteroid shaggers back. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, there was the the usual delightful sight of the media, apart from navel gazing about the election, uh, which was navel gazing about them fucking selves. Um, specifically, the one I wanted to talk about brief, very briefly because he's such a fucking cunt is uh, Jimmy Bollock, my sixes favorite fucking journalist, um, who was who took to Twitter to be aggrieved that like he went to his local pub and like the bartender started giving him shit because you know he's a terrible human being with poor <laughs> ideas. Oh, and, you know, excellent. Whilst being told he was a cunt and is a cunt, which, you know, quite frankly, more people should do in public. That's, that's you know. Um, he he took to Twitter, of course, to, to, to grieve. And then in that way, that seems to be like a thing that also happened in 2015 to 19. Um, I'll just quote it. Uh, um, this was from a, a tweet thread about how, you know, he, he was harangued by a bartender. Much less importantly, but... I am occasionally taken to be Jewish, and I was wondered oh. why. Yeah, here we fucking go. Oh, the Wheatman defense. And like, I, I'm stealing this line from Adam from We Don't Talk About the Weather, about the weather from a while ago. But like, to all of them out there, y- y- you you can convert, Jimmy, if if that's what you want, <laughs> if you want the authentic experience. It's fine. You you could join up. Like you don't have you know the the family 
history and all that, but like you can do that. It's like Francis Weeman the fucking saint. Like it's 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 open. The door's open. You can just do that. And it's just like yeah. it's Jesus Christ. Just ah uh, Kay Burley at the oh. same I think two day yeah, she's been on a fucking tear. Like after like genuinely misrepresenting uh the words of Palestine's ambassador to the UK, like who's the most patient man in the world, I think. <laughs> was was this yeah, did did she say anything about his eyes? Uh, no, no, she did. What she did say, this was not in, in reference to him, uh, but that um, there were some people like protesting the ongoing slaughter next to the cenotaph uh, and saying that, oh, no. like, you know, protesting next to the cenotaph, which I should oh. remind, if you don't know, commemorates <laughs> people who die in wars. Just, Jesus you know, fuck. that, that. To, to do such a thing at this time is staggering, and there is no justification. Absolutely no anemia in the British media. Just <laughs> because they're all fucking full of iron. <laughs> Just, <laughs> where would you like people to go then? What would you like them to do? If they can't, you know, Simon Sharma, one of, uh, and fucking Rachel Riley losing their fucking minds over what I thought was a very polite sit-down protest in Liverpool Street Station. Um, you know, both of them saying that the crowd was shouting jihad now, which they both had to retract because it, you know, wasn't true. Simon Sharma, mm. noted public historian, also in a now deleted tweet, um, comparing the, you know, pro-ceasefire, pro-Palestine rallies to a Kristallnacht every week, you tasteful motherfucker, Jesus you. fucking Christ. Again, one of those other things that had to be with, withdrawn for, you know, reasons or whenever, you know, he, you know, whenever somebody had put him back into bed or whatever the fuck he's going, got going on. Sorry, this was a regular feature within fucking the Corbyn period as well of people falling over themselves to accuse others of anti-Semitism by, in by, fact, yeah, by committing anti-Semitism. anti-Semitism. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've been told I look Jewish. Would you like to hear about the Jewish characteristics I have? They're very Jewish. Shut the fuck up, Jimmy. That's you. You know, you do you know what you're doing? Do you know what that is? Like, stop. Just fucking stop. It, it, oh, it, it fucking happens constantly, and it is ridiculous every fucking time it happens. And it just shows you that people that do this shit, they're never fucking serious about it. They're no. never, like, actually fucking concerned with the anti-Semitism. They're, they're, they're never concerned about anything other than picking up a convenient fucking cudgel that only serves to fucking make accusations against genuine anti-Semitism much fucking harder to make and it's just so yeah. fucking tiring and these people think they've picked up a fucking golden gun and there is just nothing that can fucking stop them and I'm just sick of it, I'm so fucking tired Well I'm going to be yeah, like yeah. polite for a second and say that I th- maybe some of these people, not naming names but like do genuinely f- like feel threatened i can't help that that's like a personal emotion but like i would also invite those people to go outside and touch the fucking grass because like come on you know yeah. I, I don't want to belittle actual incidents of actual things but come on like just live in the real world you fucking cretins yeah part of the reason why these people feel like there's like stuff to be actually be concerned about on that front feel that way 
because people keep saying that there's lots and lots and lots of it. And while there is lots and lots and lots of it, it's nowhere to the scale of there were a bunch of people in the station screaming jihad now. Like, it just stop making shit yeah. up. All you're doing you're, is you're, upsetting people. You're making and things it's people that you're are, you're worse. saying you're trying to fucking defend and help. Ugh. Yeah, it's 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 gross. It's gross beyond all all human belief. Speaking, by the way, little side note about people, uh, you know, talking about helping. Um, did you uh, again? We won't venture too far astray out of these fucking blighted aisles, but still. Um, did you see that U.S. Department uh, of State tweet of that that woman literally saying to the Palestinians, "We see you. We grieve with you. We mourn the loss, every loss of innocent life." Just the Jesus. Uh, Did she sign off the- with Ruth Kanda forever or something? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I did. I got. I just. I had to do too much vomiting to watch the rest of it. It's like. The liberal there mindset is literally is a fucking... only one way that could have been worse is if it was tweeted from the fucking Oval Poffice account. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, speaking of nauseating phrases, by the way, can I just like take a, a brief moment to say how nauseating and gross and disgusting and just abhorrent the term humanitarian pause is? And that I, I, whoever came up with that, I hope you burn in hell. Yeah. Like, yeah. the hell that's what we're having instead of a ceasefire, is it? Uh, yeah, it's that, basically that was, like... That was, no, 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 it wasn't even... That wasn't like, oh, we'll do a ceasefire for that. It's not that. It's literally, we're going to let them have some things brought in. Oh. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to let fucking medicine be, be in there. That's that's a humanitarian yeah. pause. We're going to stop being such utter cunts that we're going to stop very briefly starving and under medicating and just generally fucking being shit. It's like you, you remember that like horrifying like humanity dishonoring fucking picture of the 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 refugee bomb uh, camp they bombed to fucking smithereens. It's like you took that, but yeah. what if like one small truck like rocked up and gave everybody like a sandwich and like you know a, a fizzy drink and then said right you have 30 minutes to cram this down and then we get going again you know it's like it's like a pause between innings it's like yeah. fucking it's like if you're the worst kind of cricket cunt but you know instead of cricket bring it's a, an ongoing bring a genocide in for half time that sort of thing yes it, it's that chewing the fat sketch with the ice cream van in the trenches but unironically it's just fucking revolting and like we'll get we'll get in a moment as to why a true ceasefire Jesus. apparently isn't fucking possible, but you know um, it, it is of course at this moment that we should I don't know for a little bit and until or maybe until I run out of fucking hatred and steam uh, we should con- look at the continuing vomit worthy nature of the fucking British Labour Party just you know for a I'm bit just to complete a little circle like and if you're wondering maybe to yourself well why aren't you talking about the Tories or the Lib Dems and like who gives a shit about the Lib Dems. Um, yeah, that's round one. And why not the Tories? Because the Tories are who the Tories are, and they wear it on their sleeves. They are doing exactly what you think they are. They are saying, yep. "You, you great Israel, do more, be harder, you know, go nuts." That's they were always going to do that, and that's what they're doing. So, like, I'm pissed off with that, but you know, that's who they are. They're not pretending. That's the good thing, if you will, about you know, 
Not not all of them though, because fucking what's his name like said they needed to have like ceasefires or something. Didn't he like, spoke about war? Yeah, wait, wasn't it? what's his job now? Yeah, uh, being indicted. I think is a yeah. job now. <laughs> I've seen people. I've seen people saying how like you know oh, they they've like made up that made up that case just because he spoke out, and it's like no, they just found the evidence because he spoke out. I suspect, like, do you know what I mean? That's how that works. Like. Yeah, no, I, I don't like want to draw all... too many inferences on that one because apparently that case had been in the works for like a while already. So you know. Yeah. Oh well. But yeah, I mean, it's like it's just just how people are nowadays. Like everything has to have a secret meaning that only they've figured out behind it. Like fucking yeah. um, Matthew Perry died, and people were like, well, "Was he vaccinated?" It's like, shut the fuck up. Do you know what oh, I mean? Jesus fucking Christ. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, life. Um, but yeah, you know, before we briefly talk about the, the actual leadership of the actual Labour Party, may I just say a hearty fuck you to the, uh, you know, stay and fight socialist campaign group. You utter bunch of moral fucking vacuums and cowards. Incredible scenes throughout. <laughs> you know, noted, noted exceptions there. Zara Sotada, as usual, good. And, you know, Andy McDonald said what he said, which was, you know, good and... You know, there's a few here and there that are still worth the bother, but fucking counterpoint, they are still Labour MPs. Fuck yeah, yeah, or, yeah, true, true. But you know, uh, you, you're picking the peanuts out of poop, but whatever. It's 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 a small thing, but the rest, <laughs> you fucking scum lords. I think unless they've done something recently, I had a quick look at their Twitter account. They haven't posted anything since October six because I guess they're you know. Fucking busy, I don't fucking doing, I don't know what, hiding under their desk until, when Luke Akehurst walks by, I guess. Fucking coward. Fucking scum. It also makes me immeasurably question, like, how strong any Labour government under Corbyn would have been if half these clowns had gotten, like, actual ministerial posts. Because they just seem oh. to fall over with the merest fucking breeze. It would have been a fucking mess. It would have been a fucking mess. It would have been a fucking mess with the levers of power, at least. But, like, I mean, ugh, who fucking knows? I mean, I ask you, like, where is where is UK Stalin? Can we get one? It would be good. Um, I'm still fucking doing a podcast. <laughs> um, but, yeah, of course, the whole thing, I don't know, maybe did start off with, but it certainly gave a nice spirit to the whole thing, uh, in an, which was, of course, an anonymous senior Labour sport, uh, uh, source speaking to that utter despicable cunt Lee, Lee Harpin um, in a also now deleted tweet saying that, you know, resistance to slaughter is good because this is shaking off the fleas of the Labour Party, which, you know, Jesus that's just... Fuck. That's just, you know, entire groups of people, you know, that also you will still need. You will need, you know, the Muslim vote, the minority vote, the, you know, anyone with any semblance of principles in this disgusting country left. You will need some of them somewhere along the line, you fucking scumbags. Not if they hmm. manage to convince all of the Tories, though. That's true. That there is, there is certainly that distinct possibility. Um, 
But yeah, uh, this was another another blind quote, of course, not from, you know, utter cuntly harping, but from somewhere else. One Starmer ally said the row over whether or not to call for a ceasefire was the price of paying, of taking a moral stance on the Israel-Hamas conflict. The moral stance, of course, being let there be slaughter, blood for the blood god. I don't mean to make light, but that seems to be the point. Thank what was that, um, what was that Labour quote I saw yesterday where it was like, um, they were saying something that, that where I think he'd done a video where he was like changing his oh, stance. We, previously we, we will get should, there. They should starve them out. But there was a there was a quote from Labour where they were, the 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 guy was saying, "This is good because like um, it means where we look like we support like fucking a cease. We look like we we look we look like we care about like fucking people being killed. Do you know what I mean? It's like optics." Optics is I, like I you tell people that. that you're not really you're not really serious. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I hadn't seen that, but yeah. that does not fucking surprise me. You know, uh, but yeah, like that's that this... that in itself that is the gifted child mentality within that fucking party. <laughs> well, they must explain how they're actually very clever for the position they've taken, therefore yeah. undermining yeah. the entire fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. Again, this is the the uh, blind quote. Labour senior source. Thank God Keir is leader of the party rather than one of the shadow cabinet panickers, the source said. Their <laughs> default setting is to panic and to do whatever they are told to do by those panicking them. You know, are like they... majorities in their own constituency, for example. Are they on fucking glue? Like, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, good job Keir fucking Starmer's in charge, not one of the panickers. Keir Starmer, like, fucking... Do you know what I mean? Who panicked yeah. and get, repeated his fucking answer and thereby set off like weeks of fucking debate about whether or not he was supporting war crimes. Like yeah. he's been desperately trying to like make that unhappen for fucking ages now because yeah, he just got flustered. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, that was, of course, you know, before, before we get to that, because that's a fucking saga, uh, you know, I caught, <laughs> um, you know, real OG ghoul and, you know, another one with a fucking express ticket to hell if God exists, David Machine Gun the Prisoner's Blanket, saying that those Labour MPs <laughs> who wanted to ceasefire were engaged in gesture politics and needed to grow up. Uh-huh. Hmm. Not to belabor the Love point here, but maybe some people wouldn't die, you utter fucking scumbag, you fucking monster of a man, you fucking yeah, cretin, he's just, you... He's just an absolute fucking worst cunt, though, isn't he? Do you know he what I mean? is a, just a vile pig, man. A just but, you know, disgusting... At least, at least if he's having a go at the Palestinians, single mothers are safe for a, a short while. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Yeah. And it's also like they need to grow up. It's like, okay, so the adult position here is slaughter good. You know, I, I hate to be, fa I don't even think I'm being facile anymore, but, you know, the, the, Listen, the, the, the ICUs in Gaza hospitals good. running out of electricity and babies in NICUs dying in their incubators because there's no more power is good because the grown-ups like that sort of thing. No, I'm not understanding the situation. The situation quite clearly is that all of this will go away after enough blood has been spilled. Simply read a book. One yeah. of the older ones. Also, <laughs> ICUs are dangerous. Saw Elon Musk talking about it. Did you know 80% oh, of what? people who were put on ventilators because they had COVID during the pandemic died? 
What? Why did, why did we, I can't believe the ventilators what? would do this. Yeah. <laughs> why would the ventilators do this to us? Someone <laughs> snuck in at night and switched all of the ventilators around with Chinese dick-sucking machines, and that just killed them all. <laughs> just, yeah, but do you know what I mean, though? It's like, fucking, all oh, right, yeah, so like 80% of the people on ventilators died. It's like, wow, that's shocking, man. The, the fucking ventilators never, never put me on a ventilator. Yeah. For fuck's sake. I, I, next, po- next port, we're going to do an expose about like why ventilators have a kill mode and for no good reason, <laughs> apparently. Someone just accidentally flipped it to reverse. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, they just like, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a pressure chamber. They just suck the oxygen out of you for no reason whatsoever. But yeah, to get to the f- last bit, I want to talk about this because, yeah, just. The, the whole thing is gross beyond beyond belief. There, there is, we were just alluding to it, the absolute blinder and masterclass from human rights lawyer and memo drafter supreme, uh, Keir Starber, who really showed mm-hmm. his mastery of his brief in the last fucking week and a half. Just fucking incredible. I am riffing a bit of a, of a uh, thread by Devon. Uh, sorry, Devon, I hope you don't mind, but, you know, it was too good, so I'm stealing it. Swings and roundabouts. Um, first... Yeah, like, go on LBC, on Nick Ferrari's show, of course, because that's where you fucking go, you cunt, um, that it's actually fine and, like, within uh, Israel's rights to cut off water, food, and aid from, from Gaza. That that's Don't worry about it. That's, like, a legal yeah. thing they can do. The thing is, though, the thing is, though, the way he did that was, was just spectacular because he got asked, like, is it right that they've, like, invaded? And he... he reeled out some like focus group to answer about how well it's i'm very clear i am very clear yeah. that israel has a right to defend itself and then the follow-up question was does that include like cutting off like food and water and power and he just sort of did his usual thing where he repeats the focus group to answer and he went well as i've as i've said i am very clear israel has a right to defend itself and then everyone went cool so you support war crimes then and he went no like you know what i mean <laughs> Presumably, it's the worst crisis he's ever faced because his his like standard political training like fucking routine of repeat the answer that tested well over and over until like the conversation ends betrayed him. You know, it just yeah. it stabbed him in the fucking back, and he has literally no other moves. So he's been running around what? with his fucking dick out all like fortnight trying to trying it's, to put that like unring that bell. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that like you know it. <laughs> A situation like this calls for some measure of, like, actual political leadership and, like, setting the debate rather than just, like, chasing the debate. No, which seems no, I, to think, be, I think know, you'll find actual politi- political leadership is um, is not being right, not being left-wing. That's what that's, it is. That's very, yeah, that's, that's very true, of course. No, no, because, like, uh, you know, again, just a, a brief memory passed my, my brain of a different time, but, you know, after the Manchester bombings, literally everybody in the political galaxy would have said, oh, Labour needs to condemn this and, you know, call for, for more blood and bombs on wherever the fuck those people came from. And Corbyn said, no, actually, that's dumb, and this is partially a consequence of our own fucking actions coming back to bite us. And then, like, a majority of the British public went, yeah, that <laughs> sounds about right. The contrast yeah, so is good. incredible. Like, because of course, you know, JB, you're right that like they were just spinning around. But the first thing they did was just 
stop saying anything. They were just like they just they just ran into their collective panic room that I assume they have somewhere and just spent some time wilding out, including what I thought was maybe the best suggestion to come out of this whole fucking debacle, which was the uh, leaked suggestion that Starmer should have his own podcast so he could at yes. long last explain himself properly to the British nation because he hadn't yeah. had a chance I, I yet. Fully support the idea of Keir Starmer. Providing me personally with hours and hours of clippable little sound bites. Please do it, Keir. Please. I spent so fucking long fucking about with the ScotRail station announcer. You have no idea what I am willing to do with your fucking voice. The question Go is, ahead. though, right? If if he started a podcast, which like good Tory would he have on with him? <laughs> Ian Duncan Smith. No, he's no, he's too bloodthirsty. Um, I would have said Roy Stewart, but he's already taken. Um, no, that that's what you get. Ian Duncan Smith on to be too bloodthirsty to make Keir look like a more reasonable. No, no, I, I, got no I, I got it. I know who he gets on. Boris Johnson. Ah, <laughs> very, no, who he's going to get on is Soups and a Subri. <laughs> Moderated as you suggested on the Discord, David, by Ayesh Hazarika. That's the fucking yes, fucking nightmare blunt rotation. By the way, nailed Jeez, on, fucking... nailed on. She will get a job on that fucking podcast. Oh, one hundred percent. But but yeah, like so, like that was the first punt. The second was utter fucking scumbag <laughs> David Lammy. Uh, before he we got on to today's an- antics, where we'll end. But like. The first, like, official response after, like, you know, Starber saying, oh, yeah, war crimes are good, actually, was, like, him publishing a letter with Lisa Nandy, who now has that invisible job with no people working for her, um, saying that, like, the Palestinians (laughs) should get, like, 10 million pounds in aid. And uh, we should have, and of course, because they can't do without more bureaucracy, that there should be a UK special coordinator for aid to Palestine. It's like... (laughs) Again, I hate to belabor the point because it's like these people are scumbags and they don't mean it. And these are all just exercises of fucking damage control. But like 10 million in aid. Like, did you see the fucking videos out of Gaza? What the fuck are they going to do with 10 million in aid? Like, give it to them for sure. But like, you fucking scumbags. It's just, it's, like, oh, I'm just getting angry all over again. Ah, uh, but you see, they'll only use the money to buy weapons. Like, so. Ergo, actually giving them money isn't really that good. It's like homeless people you see. You shouldn't give them money. You should just buy them a sandwich. Fuck off. It's the same fucking bullshit attitude writ large to fucking nation states. Yeah. But briefly back on that sort of the the, the Starber, uh, you know, media tour extravaganza success show. The next move they did was releasing another video of Keir Starber saying that the thing he definitely said that we have like audio and visual evidence of it isn't actually real and we shouldn't believe our lying eyes nor our lying ears. And that the line he was answering was actually the one from the previous question, which he wasn't. Like there was no overlap. He just... He just, like, because he doesn't know how to do jack shit. Like he got yeah. baited by Nick Ferrari. Like... <laughs> No, I was pretending to answer something else, actually. I was pretending I didn't hear Nick Ferrari in the studio with the professional audio equipment and the headphones on my head. (laughs) To be fair, though, 
arguably arguably less of a clusterfuck than like yesterday or whenever it was when he said that like a ceasefire could only like a ceasefire could lead to more violence yes because a ce- <laughs> like a humanitarian pause you know the the, the cricket break yeah. with the team do you, know, do you know do you know what will definitely lead to more violence is not a ceasefire yeah but that that would be the wrong kind of violence this is the kind of violence we like you know but yeah the anyway like um he said he said that and he was quoted in the guardian and then the guardian like presumably got a phone call from labor hq and so the article later got edited to say that he was um he was he, ca- he was cautioning israel oh yeah of course so he was <laughs> and the, yeah, um, brief- the the cease a ceasefire would just lead to more violence line like just disappeared Nobody actually yeah. said that. It was just the, the it was an echo. <laughs> yeah, it was a big fly in the room. It was Jeff yeah. Goldblum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like in, in the sequence of events, his next move then, which was like, even for his like, you know, non-existent moral compass, the grossness was really quite evident, was to, to go to a mosque in Wales, put out a tweet and then say i went there to demand the release of all hostages as if they as if like hamas had dug a tunnel to wales and was keeping them all there (laughs) with tea cake i guess fucking reasons that was fucking disgusting that to be honest like yeah that was like i know we all i know we all like to have a good like have a good jip at at, like keir starmer's expense sometimes and we all say how he's a cunt and we (laughs) but this time we really 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 mean it (laughs) like how fucking dare you like again we were having a go we were having a go earlier at the uh the socialist campaign group for for being cowards but if john mcdonald in the house of commons that would redeem him yes (laughs) 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 fucking rob cut that But yeah, just like the, the just the fucking, just the fucking, it just the mind-numbing cowardice of like going there and then apparently like afterwards the the not apparently that's what happened the like that mosque and like the 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 Welsh the 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 Muslim community in Wales I think in general like their their bigger organization like had to put out a big press release saying he he didn't speak of that while he was meeting with them the imam that was there doesn't speak english so he doesn't actually speak to keir starmer and they didn't talk and it was just like the world's grossest photo op because of course by this point they had to twinge to the fact because of all the public resignations and you know the furious anger at the fucking genocide that 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 some things were actually not going well politically and, you know, they might lose a whole bunch of councillors and actual, you know, seats that this might put their, you know, vaunted strat- electoral powerhouse strategy in some danger if literally everybody stayed the fuck home because they hate you now. They they did this. Just... A, a Comedy um, option is the Green Party get like 400 seats at the next election. That oh, would Jesus. be very funny. You know, bad news for trans people still, because the Greek party of England and yeah. Wales is fucking shite. But they well, are I know, than... but you, you say that, but it would be a British fucking liberal democracy political party in Charles, so yeah, that, that yeah, would be the case. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Then, of course, like we get to what you were talking about earlier, which was like maybe the worst speech I've ever heard, which included like weird piano music in the middle for like reasons truly passing human understanding. 
that Where, is, again, that like, is like that paints a baffling picture. I imagine his teeth going up and down like keys. <laughs> <laughs> like he's in the opening of Monty Python, you mean? Yeah. Keith Radpoos. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like like you said, Jamie, where he said that we need a humanitarian pause, but not a ceasefire, because a ceasefire would be too good for Hamas. They would have, you know, the, the, presumably they could get ready for the next wacky races or, or something, I assume, if you did that. <laughs> no, no, it's like Hamas regenerate like their fucking health at the end of every turn. So you need to keep oh, the pressure true. on. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. like if you, if you stop, if you stop, if you do a ceasefire, they'll just like regenerate to full strength. You've got to keep the pressure on. Like that's that's how that's how that works. Honestly, I just I fucking hate the prick. Can we stop yeah. talking about him? Yeah, yeah. A, a brief, <laughs> brief last coda, and then we stop talking about this in general. Um, the last thing we saw, which was on the day of recording, uh, the first of November. If you, you're curious, um, they sent out today uh, David Lammy saying that actually it's fine to bomb a refugee camp as long as there's a military objective, and that would make it legally justifiable. I don't think that's true. No, I really don't think that's very true either. I think, you know, that's in direct contravention of, you know, the Geneva Accords, but what the fuck do I know? But yeah, he said, like, if, if imagine that, like, what if Hamas Hitler was hiding inside a refugee camp? Like, you know, then it's actually, you should bomb it. And, you know, all those children that get va- vaporized. Is, I, you think, know, I think that's a good argument, actually. And we should nuke London to take out Jeremy Corbyn. And end yes. the left wing rot at the heart of this country forever. Yes, exactly, exactly. So you know, <laughs> thank the, God the for clock fucking David Bomber Harris Lamy. Yeah, <laughs> fucking we, hell. We, this country will never be free of the scourge of like allotment leftism until someone <laughs> the House of Commons. <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> And then, of course, in a in a small repeat, because of course he's just you know he's just learning at the feet of the bastard. Then had to run out two minutes later and say, actually, that thing I literally said, of which you have audio, is a thing that didn't actually happen. And you know what I said is it's wrong to bomb refugee camps, and I call on Israel to explain themselves. So yeah. you know, David my, Lamb is uh, now touching. My, my TV appearance was actually off the record. So if you could just send the lads, send the lads from Men in Black around with those fucking light up pens, everyone will be fine. Yeah. Was this was this on today's show? Uh yeah, I think so. It was ready for I want to say. But yeah, so the point of all this, like the the saga of the communication genius and the fucking storied Labour Party under new management, is not necessarily though it should help you to you know not vote fucking labor at the next election even though i assume that if you're listening to this you're not going to be fucking doing this anyway but the broader point is a to just see what kind of absolute fucking scumbag these people are and you know the corollary to that is these fucking moral vacuums if you give them the tools of the power of state what the fuck do you think they're going to do with it it's going to be revolting i i you know, for many reasons, yes, I want the Tories out because they are disgusting pig people as well. But like, you know, to have this come back and just these fucking people, you're almost better off having the Tories back because at least then your enemies out in the open where you can fucking see them and they just say what's on their mind. You know, they'll just do the 14 words because that's where that's fucking going. But at least they'll be honest about it. And I'd rather have my fucking enemies where I can see them. Yeah. Anyway, 
Um, yeah, that'll do that. Uh, Jamie, you had something before we delve into the fucking horrifying article that I Rob's did, got. yeah, right? So presumably some of our listeners, uh, not many because we're all like lefty tree hug and scum, but some of our listeners drive and um, if they've had trouble, if you have trouble on your, your workday commute <laughs> with Macedonian cavalry, then do I have the vehicle for you? <laughs> because Elon Musk and Joe Rogan have fucking proven that the the uh, the Cybertruck can withstand an arrow fired from a bow. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the kind of rugged, futuristic uh, personnel carrier that Mr. Blade Runner would drive. And often the popular movie Blade Runner. Yeah, John Blade Runner. Yeah. That, that's actually, that's actually like a kind of fascinating phenomenon there because that thing people do where they like just call the main character of a film after the, the film itself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like there's that, there's a joke and I think American dad where like the fucking guy mentions Bonnie Bedelia and no one knew, knows who that is. So he just snaps and goes like die hard's wife, you know, that's actually like a, a bit that people do and is actually like quite funny and literally no one on the face of this earth is going to give him the, the like the enough credit to believe that he was like intending it as a bit, you know what I mean? Everyone hates him, so no, he was a hundred percent serious when he said that. It's just fact. Yeah, it's right. great. Social dynamics and action, but yeah, the um the car itself like cannot be penetrated by fucking any number of like medieval implements. So yeah, be good. Well, I, I at least am, am, you know, profoundly happy to hear that, you know, living on the borders of Central Europe, I can now outrun the Golden Horde in my armored car. That's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, people of the steppes. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Finally, I mean, a I'm- vehicle I can joyride through a museum with no fear of consequence. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, yeah. of course, you know, one of the many arrows far- <laughs> shot from their recurve bows, you know, flies effortlessly through the, you know, massive panel gaps in the car and still gets me in, you know, a final <laughs> twist of irony. Yeah, but what if it, imagine if you just shot like an arrow at it and it just pushed the car off the road. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a fucking. It, as, as, it, the, the best part about that is it's like, it's such a fucking stupid idea. It's like, oh, you'll be able to drive it into a river and sail it. It's like, will you now? I think you're pretty sure you could do that with a regular car. Um, <laughs> to what I'm fully expecting to be the same level of success. And, you know, it's all, it can pull infinite mass. That was another claim they made about it. Oh, yeah, I love that. Shit. Infinite. That's cool. In- okay. Yeah, it yep. can pull infinite mass, which is technically true because, like, pulling is just like exerting a force it doesn't necessarily suggest that you move the infinite mass do you know what i mean <laughs> um but yeah it just and it obviously it looks like it looks like something off a fucking like uh playstation one game as well it's Aye. just an incredible fucking pile of shit it looks more from, like something that john halo would drive actually but, yeah um, from the world's biggest fucking idiot mm. um I love that, like, I love that as well. You can't actually carry anything, and it's like, it's a pickup truck, but you can't actually carry anything in it because the fucking cover at the back is sloped. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. It slopes downwards. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's, it's amazing. It's just, it's so good. Yeah. Lads, we need Why to find a way to fit four more polygons on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would have uh, been... Been, been, like, more higher detail, 
But like, you know, all of his fucking mates like used all the graphics cards for fucking Bitcoin instead of ren- <laughs> rendering his truck prototype. <laughs> <laughs> well, and on that note, before we move off, did you see the uh, incredibly fun news that like, it, it because it's literally about a year since he uh, bought Twitter for 44 billion US dollars, and that's like the latest internal valuation is now at 19 billion. So... Well nice. done, you, on setting twenty-five billion US dollars on fire, you fucking clown. Yeah, well, you know, don't don't fucking congratulate him yet because he's still got he's still got gas in the tank because it's now going to be a dating site. I saw that, yeah, and also that you're going to be able to do um, uh, microtransactions and like generalized banking through it because they've applied for like a banking license or something. I cannot I mean, think of anything better than a combination dating app slash banking website. I know. That is going to lead to some of the wrong. funniest fucking encounters ever recorded by humanity. Yeah. <laughs> so many people are going to have their full-ass fucking marriages go up in smoke in such a public fucking way. I cannot wait. Yeah, it's going to be a golden age for the catfish. <laughs> Yeah, my favorite new. My, 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 sorry, last side note on this. But you, you remember, like a few months ago, he hired that new CEO who was like, so Elon wasn't gonna like do as much shit to pile drive the company into the ground, and like she was gonna be an adult and take over. And like her yeah, main well, posting you know. seems to be like, I like hot dogs, while he announces, you know, X mean now means this is a fourteen word company. It's truly yeah. spectacular <laughs> behavior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, teamwork teamwork makes the dream work. That's how that's yeah. going. <laughs> well, no, no, she no posts great memes team. while he puts up a sign that says like whites only. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, speaking of teams, uh uh I wanted to do uh we might run a little long, but you know, the dance the breaks. For tonight I wanted to do uh, an article read about the, the, the other team in, in British politics. We may have mentioned them obliquely in the first round, but that is, of course, the um, centrist brain melt. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, but uh, James O'Brien has a new book out, which I will not be reading. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. Um, the book, if, if you're curious to know, um, is called How They Broke Britain. Uh, and he takes, you know... Who's they? the... Yeah, uh, who is they? All right, let, let me. This is it's an it's an interview in the Guardian. The cast of characters he holds most responsible, Rupert Murdoch, Jeremy Corbyn, and Andrew Neil, are among those given their own chapters. As is Liz Truss, whose letters spanning Teehee economy wrecking premiership is held as the inevitable conclusion to having had our political and media ecosystems polluted with lies and corruption for years. Oh, whose fault is that, James? Yeah, I know, I know. Well, not his. That's that's the um, no. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, apparently, the book ends with the imagine the, the a world. Of- imagine a world without talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a neat ending, but O'Brien worries he might have jumped the gun. Uh, it's Conservative Party God, conference when we... God, I fucking wish... <laughs> and uh. given some of the, frankly, balmy news coming out of it, it's great, Guardian Not writing. Not balmy. Use the word. Yeah. 
will Nigel Farage rejoin the Conservatives? Could Liz, Tr Liz Truss be Tory leader again in italics? Um, he's wondering oh. if yet if you've yet to reach the nadir of this bleak polit political period. Well, I would unquestioningly say no, because you know the body count's much much fucking higher now. Should yeah. he, should uh, he still like, be right? It's going to get worse forever, and it's his fault. Yeah. yeah. If he hadn't publicly shat every pair of pants he owned and like several <laughs> pairs belonged to other people about the prospect of some mild social democracy, we would never have had Liz Truss. So you know what I mean? Well, Let's I mean, be Jeremy fair. He didn't shit any of those pants. Jeremy Corbyn put that shit there himself. That's true. Jeremy Corbyn made him put his own shit in there with, you know, all, the, all, the, all of the things. But, you know, that, that, is, um, that is included. There's fifty percent of me that things that that things I should have kept writing because this stuff, the conference season, uh, drives straight straight to the heart of it. But the other bit of me thinks this is perfect because I explore themes like the Farageification of the Tory Party and up pops yeah. Farage dancing with Priti Patel. I couldn't really. Half of me thinks I should have kept writing because there's like, you know, there's no end to the political horrors on this cursed fucking island. But the other half really wanted the book to be out in time for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's very right to call it faragification. What we should really be wishing for is the <laughs> of yeah. the Conservative Party. O'Brien really became a household name during the lead up to Brexit. Uh, during that time, he, he became a household. <sighs> Shut the fuck up. Which, which like, fucking household? The worst households. Guardian cunts. <laughs> the yeah. detached um, ones. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> His show became an oasis of sanity for many on the Remain voting oh, left. Oh, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Here was someone, often with his head in his hands, pointing out the damage we were about to inflict on ourselves in a way that other media outlets seemed bizarrely afraid to do. You know, the oh. problem with the Brexit referendum was we didn't have enough Nigel uh, 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 fucking uh, O'Briens on. That was the real problem. Jesus. His forensic... 2014 interview with a clearly unprepared Farage was a masterclass in how to dismantle a phony persona in under 20 minutes. Well, that panned out, didn't it? Yeah. You know? <laughs> We're fucking wonders, that mess. Yeah. <laughs> then this. I get thanked... I get thanked out and about... He would be better People suited get... to pony personas. <laughs> I get O'Brien says I get thanked when I'm out and about, and people can get emotional. Sometimes they say your show was the only place where what I could see as reality was being accurately described, and that's what I've tried to do in the book. <laughs> I would I would argue that that's kind of part of the problem. That you know, I mean, like yeah, people get emotional when they see you in the street. Is he including blind fucking fury in that? <laughs> oh, so I very much enjoy your show. It validates my entire worldview. Yours yeah. sincerely, Alan Dipshit Esquire. <laughs> Fuck up. <laughs> <up. laughs> 
<laughs> fucking people, hell. you know, we have a podcast, you know, people, David, I assume people run up to you on the daily and say, oh, thank you for telling me I was right about everything I said. Absolutely fucking Neville. And the day that they do it is the day that I stop doing this fucking podcast. <laughs> so, You'll never get a book deal thinking like that. Yeah. <laughs> I can barely fucking drag my fucking arse across the ground, never mind fucking pencil across paper. <laughs> Fuck that. Uh, I, I mean, I could give you like a, a um, like a 5p uh, advance on a book that it's called How to How to Form the Strathclyde Oblast, if that makes, if that gets you going. <laughs> Certainly, O'Brien is not without his critics. From the right, the likes of Dominic Raab make out that he is a dangerously left-wing firebrand. Some on the, here we go. Here on, we go. Some on the left view him as nothing yeah. more than a, than a Tory in leftist clothing. In reality, he sits fairly centri- in reality, centrally. The truth is in the middle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go. I love it he when sit- they say the name of the film in the film. <laughs> wow, I can't believe this was written by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. <laughs> Yeah, you'd, you'd think they didn't need the body to do interviews for The Guardian, but, you know. <laughs> uh, in reality, yeah, but he sits you're fairly not turn sen- down. You're not going to turn down a once-in-a-lifetime chance to interview the Melt Whisperer, are you? <laughs> <laughs> in reality, he sits fairly centrally, a Starmer-praising grown-up, that's in quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking bet it is. <laughs> loved by the remain voting hashtag FBPE brackets follow back pro EU crowd described by a friend of mine as the ultimate centrist dad <laughs> <laughs> oh your friend fucking hates him <laughs> <laughs> oh he doesn't but in which case I should say <laughs> and get some better ones um <laughs> And then, you know, because he is the, uh, the star appraising grown-up, check this out. He leans left on many issues, but tends to equivocate when things get naughty. Shortly after our interview... <laughs> and, uh, shortly after our interview, the situation in Gaza erupts and O'Brien wonders on air whether or not Israel should have to follow international law. <laughs> the centrist Just. position perhaps perhaps this time someone gets a genocide pass and we see what happens <laughs> fuck <laughs> the James O'Brien the James O'Brien whole pass for like wholesale slaughter it's a rare thing you know, <laughs> he comes out like once a year Just fucking hell O'Brien might inspire Aya, but these days he is less combative. The result, he says, of having therapy for the anger he carried around with him. That's not what the therapy was needed for. (laughs) Brackets. It helped me to understand why I'd lived my life with my fists up. With his fists up who? (laughs) (laughs) Himself. Buddy, like... It's not it's not therapy you needed. He spent years in the opinion Thunderdome and it just it kinda got him down, you know, like He he didn't need therapy, he just needed some like installation of basic critical fucking thinking. 
That man needed a media studies degree. (laughs) (laughs) Now he listens more than he fights. And as a result, has learned more about the experience of people who admit to having fallen for the false promises of the Tory party. And then we get, this is fucking incredible scenes as well, because, you know, he's basically like centralist Jesus. When they're gracious enough to tell you that you've helped change their mind, you feel almost a kind of responsibility to try to explain the stuff that is not happening in plain sight, he says of the book. Oh, thank you, James. Thank you, James O'Brien, for, you know, converting so many heathens to the cause of, I don't know, does humanitarian law really matter, question mark, I guess. Ah, just, ugh. Uh, It was important to get get everything down on paper as soon as possible, because with the speed with which, which, because of the speed with which things are glossed over and forgotten is supersonic, says O'Brien, there will be lots of people who on every other page will go, Oh, blimey, I kind of half knew that, but I didn't know that at all. So, you know, once again, he is centralist Jesus. He knows all the thing. <laughs> and if you're wondering who the audience is, who, you know, for whom this will be the uh, Christmas stocking stuffer, these are the people at whom the book is primarily aimed. Not Westminster anoraks, but the politically curious who realize that something has gone badly wrong in this country, but haven't fully joined the dots. <laughs> Would you yeah. describe yourself as politically you've got to get, curious? You've got to get to those people quickly before they actually figure out how to join the dots themselves, because then they might yes. come to the conclusion that, like, you know, neoliberalism is, like, fucking terrible. <laughs> something is broken in Britain. And what it is, is the most, is the fundamental, no, actually scratch that for a second. What do you think is the most important thing that is broken in Britain uh, in, in this day and age? According to James O'Brien, not according to you. I mean, not <laughs> tragically. <laughs> <laughs> what it is, is the fundamental relationship with the objective truth, says O'Brien. Okay. So, I hope this book becomes a sort of Rosetta Stone, or at least a compass to navigate the oceans of bullshit. <laughs> Do you fucking... <laughs> like, how dare you just... <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> of course, reliving the whole sorry mess can be pretty depressing. Like O'Brien's show, if you listen too often. You can't listen too often, he protests, while keeping his numbers up. If It, it can leave you feeling incensed but impotent. Well, it's not a solution, it's not a prescription, he accepts. But he hopes that if people see how the corruption works behind the scenes, then the anger might be easier to deal with. You can be angry about the disgusting pronouncements from the Home Secretary about refugees, but if you see it as the culmination of a process, I think anger dissipates. The more comprehension there is, really, ideally, the less incoherent anger there will be. So, the thing that you have to do... Is like if you just know all of the, yes, is not be angry, just accept all of the things. You know, I disagree. I think anger is a gift. Did his therapist go straight this? Just, just like fucking gauche standards of the most comfortable man at the end of fucking history, just going like, oh, you shouldn't be angry. What if I just gave you all the facts and logic, and then you know. 
presumably, you know, Brenda filling her Facebook page with 14 words and, you know, reporting Muslims on the local on the local Facebook group won't be angry anymore because she'll have read this fucking gormless cunt's book, I guess. I don't think I don't think I don't think that plan is very good because I haven't I'm only hearing about this fucking book and I'm getting angrier. Ah, <laughs> but see, you're not you're not doing the right thing. I think if I had the fucking thing in front of me, I would bite it in half. No, have you tried practicing cognitive behavioral time cube? <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that stood for cock and ball time cube. <laughs> <laughs> there are critics of o'brien who have no time for his anger though they point out that when jeremy corbyn came along a politician offering the radical change in a set of policies very much aligned with o'brien's own he swiftly declared him unelectable (laughs) o'brien thinks the criticism is overstated yeah no fucking wonder the vast majority of his radio shows were based around the awfulness of boris johnson he says Plus, he actually voted for Corbyn's Labour in 2017 and 19. Uh-huh. You know. Oh, uh, did he now? Did he? Yeah. Did he now? Uh-huh. After telling oh. everyone else not to. Uh-huh. Or mainly time. because he likes his own constituency MP, Ruth Cadbury, who I don't remember, but just is just paste. Is oh, just no, that, that is a fucking... That's an alarm oh. bell name. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> you type again, Ruth Cadbury, cries. Ruth, wasn't... Uh, <laughs> she was <laughs> she was in that fucking documentary that Stephen Kinnock owned himself in as one of the people who didn't like Jeremy Corbyn oh fuck <laughs> me running <laughs> oh Jesus oh, Christ fucking brilliant and hope the likes of Keir Starmer then Shadow Secretary for Brexit could help prevent a cataclysmic Brexit Quote, but by 2019, I knew it was a lost cause, largely due to Corbett's personal defects and his track records. And also, because I'm a phone-in host, and I had people ringing me up every day tell me what they think about politics, I was probably the least surprised person in Britain when research suggested he was the main reason people didn't vote for Labour. Just no, just no self-examination. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, none whatsoever. All I hear all day is the very normal opinions of the very normal people who call into daytime talk radio. You know, a self-selected <laughs> audience of the most regular folk in the world. God, I love to just, like, plug myself into the collective psyche of taxi drivers everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little frustrating reading O'Brien's chapter on Murdoch's pernicious influence, in which he bemoans how even Tony Blair and Gordon Brown felt they had to placate him. Surely Corbyn was the first mainstream party leader to shun the Murdoch press and attempt to speak to voters via other platforms. Well, you, ha- you just have to take Murdoch on, he says. They didn't pick fights with anyone. They just sat around congratulating each other on the purity of their ideology. They could have gone after the mail. Ed Miliband did. I just fucking excuse <laughs> How did that work out? How did it work out, James? Was- yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, the Fucking... Guardian does actually put it as the next line, well, yes, and we all know what happened there. But it's like, they didn't. They picked fights with, you know, the actual commanding heights of this economy, which was why he wasn't allowed to win. You know, yeah. the it's almost like Eddie. they realised that the fucking media was just this, like, set of stooges, 
and the boss was right there. Like, you could just skip the fucking mob and go straight to the boss fight. Why bother if you yeah. put the fucking tools? Honestly, it's just fucking, like, absolute rage and fury that James O'Brien himself wasn't personally courted by yeah. Jeremy Corbyn's label. That's what this is. Wasn't the rumour for a bit that, that like, uh, Change UK had approached him as well for a seat, but that, like, he at least was smart enough not to fucking get on that train? I, I, I don't know, thing, I can't remember. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest, but... Yeah. In 2008, O'Brien voted for Boris Johnson to become the Conservative Mayor of London. I just wasn't paying attention, he admits. He liked the proposal... <laughs> Oh fuck! Sorry, which hell. which year was that? A two thousand eight. Oh, politics hadn't started yet, so that's no, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> that was that was the blessed before time, before we were yeah, turfed yeah. out of the Garden of the EU, and they said a flame. <laughs> yeah, the Garden of Uden. <laughs> <laughs> he liked Boris Johnson's proposal of amnesty for illegal immigrants. How did that work out? Ken Livingston seemed to be going a little bit off the deep end, and Johnson seemed to be an affable, bouncy character. Yeah. Oh, my God. And that if you want to like, really see the fucking titanic self-regard that this guy has for himself, plus, I don't he need says, to. Uh, he's a guy who would actively just vote for fucking Sooty. Like, <laughs> no policy platform. <laughs> let's, let's go. What's that, Sooty? Genocide is good. Well, have I got a fucking hall pass for you? Fucking hell. <laughs> Plus, he says, no one had done what I've done now in a book at that point in history. <laughs> no one's Shut took a shit right up the off. spine and sent it to the printers until now. <laughs> the written word had been invented until James O'Brien came by with a golden halo. Just and of truth. <laughs> just you fucking scumbag. It's like if you were paying the slightest amount of attention and, you know, read anything, which admittedly you didn't, you know, thousands, millions of words in the word space in articles and books and, you know, all of the things that, you know, also Boris Johnson himself had done and written at that time, including, you know, to, not to put too fine a point on it, but being recorded uh, conspiring with Darius Guppy to, th to beat up journalists, which, fairly confident that happened before 2008. But, you know, yeah. whatever. And and the countless fucking racism incidents and... Yeah. Just, you know what I mean? Can't believe it. Here, here we are with the gall to insult this fucking Promethean text... Do you know? Do you know why? Do you know why he voted for Johnson? Though it's because he'd seen him on his favorite TV show. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. That's entirely the fucking, entirely the fucking uh, Rosetta Stone that like O'Brien's not providing for that particular fucking riddle. Was that was that James O'Brien's own TV show where he was like a really fucking cheap and shit Jeremy Kyle? No. No, he'd seen he'd seen Boris Johnson on Have I Got News for You and clapped like a seal. Yeah. Yeah. He does he does talk a little bit about how he was a dumbass when he did that show, but I've skipped that paragraph because it's boring and I don't care about it. Anyway, it it wasn't like I yeah, went still into, fucking does, dead does, does, does the paragraph you skipped explain why Jim Davidson was on it like six times? <laughs> yeah, it does not. No. <laughs> Odd. <laughs> Odd. Um <laughs> 
It wasn't like I went into that voting booth going, yay, Boris, he says. I went into that voting booth, probably 5248, and I went the wrong way. He flashes a smile at this. He flashes a smile at this, an unbelievably impish one. So, again, it's an odd thing to drag up 15 years later. Impish fuck me. Oh. To be fair, O'Brien mentioned it it mentions it himself a lot, brackets, even in the new book. It's a tool that he uses to connect with people who voted for Brexit. He was con too once, exclamation mark. <laughs> oh fucking hell, man. I genuinely think you could like pull a coin from behind James O'Brien's ear and he would just like be a be astonished. He would think that you were God. Like just And it's an effective one, you know, because the what people really love is like being approached by this privileged piece of shit and said, hey, you know, you're a dumbass. I'm a dumbass too. Let's not be dumbasses together. But, you know, you are pretty dumb for making the wrong choices, aren't you? <laughs> oh, I've consolidated all of my talking down to people into one handy speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised to hear that even he is coming around to thinking that his own pet project... Uh, a campaign for a second referendum on leaving the EU might have been a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh. How was it a bad idea, James? Why was it a bad idea? Why was it a bad idea? What were the idea? consequences of it that didn't turn out the way that you hoped for? What were they? List them. Name them all now. <laughs> I don't think it's doomed yet, he says. <laughs> oh. Do you not? <laughs> no, he just he, the next time that comet rolls around, he just has to drink enough orange juice, and then he will go up into the sky where the, the referendum never happened. I am actively looking for the fucking blood pressure medication I've got just now. Holy fuck! <laughs> but I'm probably closer to thinking that than I was at the time. Looking at it now through the lens of what I've just written, it was never going to happen, was it? But I was young and naive in 2018, and now I'm wizened and cynical. How old is he? I don't fucking know. I need to know. I need to know. <laughs> My man is 51 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't get a. You don't get a whole pass of being young and naive at like 47. I'm sorry, but like you. I do. Yeah. yeah, but you don't do anything like this. You're not this fucking stupid. You've never hosted Jim Davidson six times. <laughs> oh. so, to be fair, I, do you see what it is, though? I could fully understand inviting Jim Davidson onto a TV show if it was about teddy bears. <laughs> Although, to be fair, Jamie, if they gave you a call-in show, I would start listening, because I think that it would last for, like, about half an episode, but it would be a very funny one. <laughs> uh, 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 blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he, he promises that uh, if and when Starbuck gets elected, he will have the enormous privilege of pointing out his failures on a daily basis and giving him just as much as a kicking as it would give to somebody from anywhere else in British politics who let us down. Yeah, I'm sure you will, buddy. I'm really sure that you will do just that. And here we get, because it's The Guardian, remember, we get to um, some uh, issues that The Guardian cares about. Like Starmer, O'Brien is not a stranger to equivocating. 
For all his fiery rhetoric around equality, I'm surprised to learn that he has stayed on the, fen on the fence about the issue of trans rights. Uh, that does I'm fucking not. No. I just don't want to call anybody a liar, he says. So if someone believes that they were born in the wrong body, I'd, I don't want to call them a liar. Yeah. And if somebody believes that their personal security is threatened by that person using the same amenities that they use, I don't want to call them a liar either. What happened? What happened to the objective oh. truth, Jimmy? You were talking about it just like, you know, a few paragraphs back. Yeah, but Britain's you know, lost, this Britain's lost touch with the objective truth. What happened to that? The the spirit of like fucking journalism we we were talking about yeah. back then. Yeah, I mean that bit. You know, you know how like the Rosetta Stone is not complete, and it's like some corners got chopped off. I think that's what happened here again. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck's sake! It's a kind of logic he might not apply to homophobia or racism, which can be equally driven by fear. You're going to try to trick me into saying something that's going to really upset some people, he says. I'm actually not. If anything, I'm attempting to unpick his logic the way he does so many of his stupid callers. I'll offer an example of someone who's afraid to, uh, afraid to send their child to a class with, with a gay teacher. It's a genuine fear, but a baseless one. But, O'Brien says, there are no parallels. <sighs> I get a little lost in his reasoning, but he seems to be saying that he can argue people out of a fear of gay people or immigrants uh, using facts and logic, but not transgender people. Yeah, exactly what I'd expect from the cunt, quite frankly. It's because you don't he just, want to. It's because you just he doesn't find it... want. He doesn't want to get yelled at for transphobia, but he also doesn't want to get disinvited from like fucking Hadley Freeman's dinner parties. Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, it, it is exactly, exactly that. Like, uh, yes, intellectually, I think I can talk them around. This is presumably people who are afraid of gay people and immigrants, he says. But you don't think you can talk them around on transphobia? I don't think I can. Perhaps surprising for someone who enjoys a bit of a row, O'Brien appears a little irked by my questions even if therapy has taught him to be calmer in response. If you did ask me unfair questions 10 years ago, I would have responded to you in a much more uh, aggressive manner. Are these questions unfair? Oh, perfectly fair. No outrage archaeology, he says sarcastically, referring to the practice of finding things from, people, things from people's past in order to make them look bad in the present, said the man who hosted Jim Davidson <laughs> six times. We promise not to bring it up again. <laughs> oh, that's a fucking outrage archaeology. Oh, that's... Don't, don't fucking bring me the consequences of my actions. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? you? I ordered the soup. To me. <laughs> I ordered the soup of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this guy. What a fucking concept! Outrage oh, archaeology. This is. I, I'm just. I'm just sitting in the dust, like, uh, like the archaeologist from Jurassic Park, with my little <laughs> outrage brush, gently brushing <laughs> off the outraged dinosaurs. Just fuck off, you can't. Calling up James O'Brien's show, and the first time he asked me about Brexit, calling it outrage ideology or outrage <laughs> archaeology, even. <laughs> fucking hell! Oh. Like, isn't it, isn't it good to have an opportunity to set the record straight on some of these things? 
Yeah, no, of course it is, he says. I just thought somehow we might be talking about how brilliant my book is for an hour. Another <laughs> impish smile. <laughs> Another impish smile. Are you not interested in the think tank stuff? I thought the Guardian readers might want to bit know a bit more about that. I.e., can we move this conversation on to the stuff that I love talking about all the fucking time? Including that, including that quote, though, is like just yeah. <laughs> excellent. It is. It is. Yeah. 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 That's that's very very like it. Definitely, know. definitely won this interview around, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's alright. It'll be a mere relic in a couple of days, and then you won't be allowed to talk yeah. about it anymore. So it's fine. Could we have spent more time talking about his book? The truth is that while I enjoyed it, I found it hard to disagree with many of the chapters. <laughs> yeah, no fucking shit. <laughs> Suggesting Johnson, Paul Dacre, Dominic Cummings at all have been malign influence of the country. What interests me more are the conflicts between O'Brien's radio persona, quote-unquote, the conscience of liberal Britain, uh, the moral fucking <laughs> vacuum at the heart of fucking liberal Britain. I would... Oh, just call me the gaping fistula of misery. <laughs> <laughs> the clotting aneurysm at the heart of liberal britain yeah um and his actual desire for status quo shaking change i wonder if there's not so much of a conflict between his radio persona and that other guy who doesn't exist perhaps this is the Perhaps this is the burden that comes with being the ultimate centrist dad. You plow on through the center ground, pointing out what seems to be blazingly obvious political truths, and all the while, people from both sides of the political spectrum throw brickbats at you. O'Brien is used to it. Well, he must be doing something right then. That's how that works. O'Brien is used to it by now. As he says, bringing things back to the polarized politics of our time. It was all a scam if you're a Corbyn fan, and it was all a witch hunt if you're a Johnson fan. And I'm afraid those are identical positions. Oh. Yep. Just exactly the same thing that happened, yeah. This is the closing line of the article. Then, he adds, in a phrase that might be described as pure distilled O'Brien, both sides will find it very hard to forgive me for being right. I mean, it is pretty difficult to forgive someone for something they didn't do. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I will personally... There. He's right, though. I will personally never forgive him for being right. Wing. Yeah. I mean, I will also never forgive him for just, like, casually throwing trans people under the fucking bus because he likes being invited to J.K. Rowling's, what I assume, campaign headquarters. Um, you know, oh. just, just... Just worried if he says anything, he says anything too positive about trans people... Then Helen Lewis will go on a fucking podcast and accuse his coffee of being middle class. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that. That's a lot. That's that's the insight into the into the Thank brave fuck. mind of liberal Britain. Just a rotting fucking vacuum at the heart of. I know vacuums can't rot, but you know, just suck my metaphor. Um, that was fucking horrible, Rob. I've got a fucking headache now. Yeah, that is honestly one of the worst articles I, I think you've pulled out in some fucking time. Yeah, it's fucking disgusting. It's just... Yeah. Anyway, who's ready for comment commentary? Oh, Hell yeah, me. Yeah. Definitely. Cleanse my fucking palate. While there is a global trend to introduce AI guardrails through a swirl of policy frameworks centrally concerned with the safety risks of AI, this is not enough. <laughs> 
In fact, perversely, if this were done without a clear commitment to the common good, fully embraced by public and private sectors, AI is likely to exacerbate the levers of inequality and social division that plague our world today. A concrete declaration based on moral clarity could change everything. It will harness the potential promise of AI to establish a truly inclusive capitalism. <laughs> Comment or commentary? Oh, man. AI will literally make every corporation put a pride flag out on Pride Day. It will be. <laughs> I cannot wait to be made even more rational by the computer. Um, <laughs> commentary. Well, if you have like 50 extra fingers, imagine how much more rationality you can have. <laughs> Yeah, commentary. Yeah, commentary. Yeah, uh, Lynn Fo- Lynn Forrester de Rothschild is founder and CEO of the Council for <laughs> Inclusive Capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the Times. <laughs> Where else? <laughs> Fucking hell! Oh, of course, yes, of course. These people right. just out there making a living with job titles like that. Fucking hell! <laughs> I know. Right, second one. There is not and never will be a time to joke about the Twin Towers. Is that comment or commentary? <laughs> First off, wrong. Um, yeah, secondly, I was going to say, you should have been on the forums in 2001 because like, that shit started five minutes after. And it was very funny. Uh, that's a that's, uh, uh, comment. It was a comment in the Daily Mail. Do you want to hear that? It was about a rugby player who went on a podcast and made a joke about 9-11. And do you want to hear what the joke was? Please. He said that some player crumpled like the Twin Towers. Oh, that's, um, that's fucking quality. That yeah. is some good shit. Oh, fucking hell. Like, 9-11 is, is single-handedly responsible for disproving the tragedy plus time equals comedy theory because it was funny right away yeah. <laughs> right next one I'm not being complacent but while a ranting mob of 100,000 people on the streets of London seems intimidating especially to British Jews and other supporters of Israel in the scheme of things oh. we should not overstate its significance don't forget oh. the 67 million British citizens who aren't marching either against Israel or in support of Just Stop Oil. <laughs> that comment or commentary? Just, just Stop Oil? Hell. That's not where that was. I thought that's not what I thought that was, that was going, but... Oh. I'm going to say, just for purely left field, like, Just Stop Oil material, I'm going to say comment, but the um, British Jews and other supporters of Israel... Very yeah. much makes me want to say commentary, but I'm I'm gonna go yeah. with comment. That is why I'm saying commentary. What an assumption! Th- Fuck me. That was Richard Little John in the Daily Mail. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Little John. God damn. Right. Back in August, it was revealed that the BBC's wildlife botherer Chris Packham was being investigated by police for unlawful bird sniffing. They had received a complaint from a viewer who had seen him sniff a goshawk chick on live television. Apparently, you need a license to sniff birds of prey. Now, though, after making extensive inquiries, 
Police have decided against bringing criminal charges. It is believed that specialist officers concluded no crime had been committed because <laughs> bird sniffing, like jihad, can have a number of different meanings. What? A commentariat. <laughs> commentariat, the onion. <laughs> Fuck me. Five times a day, I turn to the nearest tree, grab a bird, and just fucking take a big whiff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's too <laughs> bird sniffing like jihad. Yeah. I oh. <laughs> The phrase bird sniffing like jihad is gonna be like <laughs> that's gonna be around for a while. Is that called Materiat? Yeah, that was Richard Little John again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's wrong with that man? <laughs> uh, bird sniffing like jihad. <laughs> right, Jesus are we ready for the? Are we ready for the last one? Are you I, fucking shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, fire it up. And there is your problem, a major, major problem. Too many people still think the state should protect and take care of you. It's not the state's job. It's not the state's job, it's your job. I suggest you look at Britain 80 to 100 years ago and go from there. You could start by bringing firearms back. Comment or commentary? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got to be comment. It, it, it genuinely, for the safety of people, it has to be comment. Oh my god! <laughs> I think that's comment. Yeah, it was a comment in the Daily Mail. That was about um, that was a comment under an article about how um, gangs of a gang of youths in on the Isle of Wight, I think it was, have been roaming around like breaking into and destroying second homes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the solution to that is bring guns back, obviously. <laughs> of oh course, because if if I'm not in my abandoned second home, then, then I, I, I can put Ed 209 in there and that'll just sort yeah. of... <laughs> just fasten a shotgun up to every door handle like in Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What if, what if Macaulay Culkin had a Spaz 12? Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin like missing the first shot and then like nursing a broken shoulder for the rest of the movie would have slowed it down considerably <laughs> though I will say that oh right okay um well can we please fucking end this I, I, I am taking fucking poison damage as we speak <laughs> yeah that's all I've got yeah, that's that's all we have for you today. Uh, as usual, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash praxiscast uh, if you like more episodes. Uh, you should really get it this month because we've done a very special follow-up episode to uh, <laughs> to catch up with some of our favorite characters from the past. Um, yeah. And I, this, I, I have no idea what the fuck's going on with the streaming anymore, uh, Jamie. Um, we're, we're waiting for me to recover. Okay. Yeah, so also subscribe so, uh, you know, Jamie can get more physiotherapy so there can be more streaming. You know, these yeah. things, these, 
these things overlap <laughs> there's a big venn diagram and there is t-shirts and you know things because it's cold now so you need to clothe your disgusting yeah. naked flesh at uh what is it buy a hoodie yeah praxiscast.tmail.com i think that's it yep. and that will just about do us uh for another episode so see you next week bye bye I absolutely fucking well catch you